Welcome to the Sharing Kindness podcast, where we explore the power of kindness and a positive mindset to create a change in the world. I am your host, Tex, and Kyle, my co-host, is here with me today. Hey, guys. Hey, Tess. How are you going today? I'm really good. It's Friday. Yay. <laughs> Friday. Yay. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. It's always a good day to do our podcast, and I'm really excited to chat today. It's I feel like it's been a while. It has actually. So we're planning all the topics and that, and it is like a little sidetrack again because I feel like as parents, we really often like struggle in multitasking. We have so many responsibilities and distractions mm. and all the rest that comes with there being a parent. And in the past, I had really struggled to stay 100% present and listen to my kids. Today's episode will be exploring the art of active listening and I'll be sharing some strategy on how we can create meaningful ways to connect with our kids and yeah, just really hone in on, on the feeling of staying present when your kids are trying to tell you something. Like super good and whether you're a parent or a caregiver or simply someone who is interested in helping children thrive. Hope you're really going to like today's episode. But yeah, so we'll be discussing how to be present and attentive when your kids talk and learn how to strengthen your relationship through active listening. Perfect. So what are the main points that we're going to discuss today? We'll discuss the secret benefits of listening to your child how to listen actively and some common barriers that prevents us from just fully engaging and staying present with uh, our children. That's an active skill, I think, or such a good skill to learn, not just with your kids, but in life in general, right? I know that 100%. I struggle sometimes with active listening, but I've really gotten better as I go. I think guys struggle with listening, if I can say that. You'll be like on your phone and what was that? Huh? What? Yeah. yeah not a good uh, characteristic. No, and I think active listening and I think that that's what honestly made me think about this the topic for today is because I really wanted to give myself some credit because it is something that I have worked on for a long time and I'm seriously getting really good at it I just wanted to share all those strategies with our listeners and yeah hope you can learn something from it and just remember that we are we're all practicing and I'm all learning and yeah take it as it goes it's a good thing to point out that we're all learning I think if you feel as though I have to perfect something, it's never going to happen. You're always learning. Even if you're an expert, you're still learning and can sometimes be quite humbled when things happen. You're like, oh my God, how did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah. And this is it. And active listening, there's so many benefits of it. And it's not just benefits for your child who's being listened to, but it's got benefits for you as well. And, and it really just connects you and forms those stronger relationships that that just bring the whole family closer together. And through my research and everything that I was there coming across for this episode, like it really does improve trust as well. And that might just, of course it does. But when I was yeah. reading, I was like, but it really does. Yeah, of course. It needed still to be said because it really does foster that extra level of deeper understanding of each other. And by taking the time to listen to your child, like, you're really validating their feelings and you're in effect boosting their self-esteem and you're just creating a space where both of you or all of you can express how they're feeling and just express themselves in their own way. Totally. I remember from my childhood, if I felt like I wasn't being listened to, 
it was the most frustrating experience. It could have been anyone, not just my parents, but you want to feel heard. You want to feel like your opinion matters, even when you're a child, especially when you become a teenager and you're starting to identify as an adult, you know best and your parents are like, no, you don't. If you're listened to at a minimum, at least it goes to show that they're validating your experience and not just disregarding you as you're my child, shut up, I know better. Because that can be quite a discouraging way to listen. And this is it. And I think you've just hit the nail on one of their barriers that we'll get to later. But oh, cool. it's a power struggle. And it is, like I said, it, it becomes, and it's a very, it's a very natural thing to do because I think I know best and I've had all this experience, but, and it's okay to share tips and strategies with your kids as well, of course. However, we still need to create that space for them to express themselves. So yeah, very, very, and, and ultimately, yeah, leads to super strong and meaningful relationships between and bonds in the family. Yeah. Makes yeah. so much sense, Tess. And especially for boosting self-esteem, just being heard and being validated, it's, it shows that you, that your opinion matters. And it's, I'm not just disregarding you because you're smaller than me. I'm listening to you and treating you like an adult, which I think is, a, that's a really powerful way to, to validate someone and help have a healthy self-esteem. And that's it. And as an equal, and I think that's even that they're not the adult and it's just being treated as an unequal, but yeah, there are some scary stats though. <laughs> I'll bring them on. I love uh, oh, yeah. the test facts. Yeah, the stats. <laughs> the test facts. There are cool. definitely some scary stats that I was like, oh my God that highlights the importance of listening to our kids. And mm. there was one survey by the American Psychological Association, a bloody hard word to say, and <laughs> <laughs> found that 20, 21% of parents feel like they are not very good at listening, which wow. is staggering. One in five. There's another stat. Yeah, yeah. And there's another study in the US found that parents interrupt their children at an average rate of every 23 seconds of talking. Wow. And that really hit a chord with me because I was like, yeah, because 23 seconds of actively trying to listen to your child tell this massive roundabout story about something that I, at the time, feeling that this is very important to me and I really needed to think about this and we needed to be there and you still haven't put your shoes on and, oh my God, you haven't even brushed your hair. And I was like, 23 seconds, oh God, that is a long time to try yeah. to stay actively listening if you are somewhere else in your mind. So there's even a youth study, it was a charity action for children that found that 32% of children feel like their parents don't listen to them enough. That's um, that. Yeah, it really is. And a third of kids. Yeah, I can't yeah, believe that. If yeah. one in three children feel like their parents aren't listening to them or don't listen to them enough, I think that we should really be listening to that statistic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And according to a 2015 study published in the Journal of Child and Family Studies, it, sh it showed that so parents that don't listen to their kids are at a lot higher risk for mental health issues, behavioral problems, and poor academic performance. Wow. So, These are scary stats. You didn't lie about that. No. And I just, yeah, and I didn't because when I went into this podcast with a very open mind and going, oh, I've been very good at listening to my kids lately. And I was like, I better get some stats. And I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is, this 
is a big thing. And we touched on it before and it's like the muscle that we need to keep training and all this, but this is active listening is a muscle that can be trained and that can be made stronger. And, but it's just about having an active approach and yeah. pinch yourself or do something to go, actually, hang on a minute. Well, what's it again? 23 seconds. Okay. That's right. If I can get past 23 seconds, really good. Vibration, doing well. I guess being a parent, you almost have a superpower that you've been granted by having a child. You are their first and biggest role model in life. And they are going to look up to you all of their lives, especially when they're kids. So you have a responsibility. It's like that Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. And as a parent, it's doubly because you are the person who is shaping this next generation. You are the person who is shaping this child to be a well-rounded, amazing individual to, to hopefully live a really healthy and rewarding life. And we just don't realize, especially when you get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, you're rushing around, you're doing all these things, like how much your actions have a really, profound I don't know what the right effect. Yeah. have a profound effect on their perception of things. And active listening is something that I know I don't necessarily actively listen as well as I probably should. And when you have kids, it's, man, you're busy. And sometimes those stories, you're like, what are you even talking about? I don't understand. How do you and actively listen Exactly. To that? And this is in. I, like, I already told you to put your shoes on. And now you're telling me about this friend that drew a painting of a thing. And you're going, what has that got to do with your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> and what you're not realizing is we got to go. We got to get you to school. <laughs> get your shoes on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's it. There are things that make it harder for us to practice active listening. And like you said, the distractions and busy schedules, household tasks, obligations, other family my members. <laughs> yeah, my, exactly. And yeah. it is. Yeah, 100%. And even as such as like preconceptions that we're already thinking about what they're going to say or not say, and that we're not really Ooh. then taking them seriously. Yeah. Even... Yeah. Even feelings will come in and make it harder for us to practice that because perhaps they're upset or they're feeling really strongly about something and, or maybe they've triggered, their behavior has triggered feelings within ourselves and therefore we can't shut off and we go, I don't want to listen to that. Yeah. It's hard because you're only like, we're all human. So you're going to have emotional responses to things and sometimes you can't help it, but it's just love that you always say, take a deep breath, feel it in your tummy mm -hmm. and Give yourself that space to, to see how are you feeling and then yeah. react. Give it some space between your emotions and then your reaction. I really, I've actually been thinking about that recently. When I brought, <laughs> feel you come here, like, oh, well, <laughs> and that's it. And I'm, another one is technology, like the distractions that, that stops us from practicing active listening, technology, huge oh. thing. And yeah. I think I mentioned it before in another podcast, but I have... I've introduced an informal phone manner policy in our house that if someone uh -huh. enters, like, it's okay to sit and scroll on your phone aimlessly. Like, we all do it. And it's yeah. just about picking the time to put your phone down when someone enters the room because you don't know at what state that other person is. Are they up for yeah. a conversation? Are they not? How are they feeling? Blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, if someone continues to sit in front on the bed that you're walking into the bedroom and they just continue sitting like that and you had something on your mind you're not really going to feel like you are important enough for that distraction to happen yeah. so i like that policy so when, that's great yeah because yeah. I, yeah. I know that I, if i'm on my phone my brain 
cannot hear outside words. Like, I don't know what it is about my brain. I feel like this, and we can discuss this if you disagree, but I feel as though guys' brains are only able to do one thing at a time. I think that women are much better at being able to handle multiple scenarios of things going on in their lives. I wish I could think like that. For me, I'm single track minded. If I am on my phone, I can't even hear words, let alone try to have a conversation. So I need to physically, if someone starts talking to me, I have to put my phone down, close my laptop, whatever I'm doing and being like, sorry, what did you say? Can we like, I I put this away, let's have a conversation. And that is the only way I can do it. So I like that policy, like putting your phone down when somebody walks in the room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if someone, so if I'm sitting aimlessly scrolling on my phone and my daughter or my husband or a friend or whoever it is, and they walk into the room, like I yeah. always, and I feel like this is what I have practiced. I wasn't good at this to begin with, but I have really practiced this, that the minute someone does that, it's not just put it down a little bit. It's kind of like face <laughs> down away and yeah. go, you are important to me. So nice. if you have something on your mind, I'm here to listen. And I feel like that. And my husband does that sometimes, but not all the time. Working on and adopting. We're only human. But like what you were saying about, you know, that you have to do that because you can't multitask. I think yeah. I, I would still argue that women wouldn't be able to still be 100% present when you're mm-hmm. still trying to do something else. Perhaps we just disguise it a little bit better too pretend that we are present but we're sure. not yeah and whereas yep. maybe it's like the mask and we're like oh my god like i mean just no i just can't do whereas we're like oh. <laughs> yeah anyway but, like one of those things yeah. and i think and then what we touched on earlier as well is just like the power dynamic like that you know, as parents we might feel that we have more authority or not necessarily power is perhaps the right word for it but that it's a parent-child relationship instead of two equals. Yeah. Talking yeah. To, to be honest, I think that it, power dynamic is a perfect way of putting it. I do think that they're maybe not so much our generation, I'd like to think, but definitely I know like the previous generation and probably their parents even more was very much like they demand respect and you do not question my authority as a parent. And there's still a bit of that, I'm sure. Like you, you need to lay down the law for the safety of your child, or just there's moments where you can veto anything else, right? Because you're yes. the boss at the end of the day, but no sugar after brushing your teeth. <laughs> exactly. You're not good for your teeth. <laughs> yeah. No more of that. So that's being a parent, but I guess that power dynamic, when it comes to active listening, it's really important to at least give somebody the respect and the dignity of treating them like an equal when they're conversing, when they're trying to share something, when they're having a, a moment sharing whatever it is in their life. So it's hard to do. I think active listening is yeah. hard to do as an adult with anyone, let alone with your children, especially when you have that power dynamic, that kind of like I'm the parent. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and this is it. And even another thing that really, and I don't know if it has to do directly to active listening, but say for example, I walk into a store and the store manager looks at me and she said, how old is she and I'm like why are you addressing me like address much so I'm like so I'm like down to my chums like how old are you honey and she goes oh and then she looks back at the thing and she goes oh I'm eight years old I think it just it's touching on this whole equal thing that just because another adult you don't have to if I'm here with my child don't address 
me about her. And I think, mm. and I've read up on this a lot about like children being spoken about in third person while being there is mm. actually not, makes them feel like they don't matter and it makes them feel like they are worth less and it makes them feel that they're not equal and it kind of, so I'm always very conscious that when other adults, and they don't mean any time in doing it, but when they do address my children through me, I never answer for my children. I always, yeah, so how old are you? Or, yeah. And then she can relay that message back to them. But yeah, it's just this whole equal dynamics. I really like that, Tess. I'm learning a lot today. So yeah. these tips are really great. I love putting the phone down. I love the power dynamics of speak. If you think that you're asking a question about a child, why not address the child directly? I guess maybe there's a also a respect thing of some parents might be like, hey, talk to me, just more of a, I don't know, maybe safety concerns or whatever, but your kids can yeah. speak to themselves and they're going to have to learn how to speak to adults and speak to other people. Mm -hmm. And if you can teach them those skills as a parent, I think that's really important. And yeah, sounds sounds like a great way and of doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it is. And, and who knows? Exactly. And we all live in different societies as well. And it is quite safe here, but um, yeah. I don't. And I'm one of those parents that I just rather not worry about things that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yes. And if it's going to come down, <laughs> I'd rather just know right there and then and deal with it. Absolutely. But, and that's a good philosophy for life in general. <laughs> exactly. Live your, what is that? Eckhart Tolle says, live your life, live your life vertically, not horizontally, because worries for the past and worries for the future and anxiety. Yeah. Either way. But I love you, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. It's just a fact. I know. Yeah, I know. So we've spoken about the barriers and obviously then we get into the ways of helping you along and the ways that I feel like I have been doing really lately is number one is put away distraction and give your child that full attention when they are trying to engage with you. And whether that's the TV, the phone, the iPad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously don't stop driving your car. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bad your idea. Car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turn around, Bad idea. vehicle. I'm yeah. focusing on you, child. <laughs> Tell me what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, number one, put away distractions. And number two is actually like practice empathy. And that's a big one because try and put yourself in your children's or your child's shoes and try and see it from their perspective. And like, we don't have to agree with them, but it's always really good to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. That's a really good one. Put away distractions, practice empathy. And something that I really naturally, without knowing that I was supposed to do that is ask open-ended questions. And I think I've just learned that the hard way because I would just, I used to, and especially we'd get into the car and the car would yeah. always turn really sour every single day after school. And it's because I'm asking them pre, I don't know if that's a word, but pre-assumption question. Mm. So did you play with such and such today? No, I did not. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Oh, did you play with such and such, whatever it is, or did yeah. you play? instead of them saying, hey, who did you play with today? Or did you play something different today? Or who was there? Or yeah, so just open-ended question. And one that is super, super good is tell me a little bit more about that instead yeah. of, oh, okay. So that's like this and this, because this is here, me again, putting my words into their mouth. And instead yeah. of just explain a bit more. <laughs> if I don't know many people who do, I have one friend who is, so good at that. And every time I meet with her, I always feel so special because she always asks like, oh God, that sounds cool. Tell me more about it. And I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> right? Instead of sitting there feeling that you're taking up too much of their valuable time. So I'm going to stay yeah, as quick as yeah. possible. I think that I can't remember what book it is, but it's, you know, how to win friends and influence people or whatever it is. That book, it talks about how important active listening is. People's favorite word, generally speaking, is their own name. So if you are showing yeah. signs that you're engaged, you're present, you're actively asking questions, they're open-ended questions, who wouldn't like that? It shows that you're interested in what they're talking about. You're like, oh, great. Yeah. It's going to bring out a lot more conversationally than closed, closed questions. Who did you play with today? Said, no. Yeah. Doesn't give you a lot of room for extra convo. I think it's a great I point. I think it's Eckhart Tolle. I think it's Eckhart Tolle. That's all. He says that all of his books, like they the bestest and the most pure gift you can give to someone is to listen. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Very I, hard, I, but I found something really useful in my life that I can't remember if it's called this, but I swear it's called the Socratic method of questioning, where if you want to truly understand something, ask five questions and you will get to the bottom of it. So if somebody's telling you something and you're trying to understand that, you keep asking questions about it until you get to the true source or their true belief of why that's the case. Oh, yes, I've heard about this as well, actually. Yeah, it is fine. And it's, but why? But not, but truly, but why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And exactly, it always yeah. generally stems back to an, origin, an original feeling, not necessarily like a, exactly, um, a exactly. statement. Exactly, exactly. Got an example for this. I don't know if it's going to be worthy for the podcast or not, but I had an uncle who is very conservative Christian in the Bible Belt in Canada. And I used to debate with him. And when I first found out this method, he was very staunchly against gay marriage. And so what I would say to him is, I'm not going to say his name. I'd be like, uncle, why, why do you not agree with gay marriage? It's just ethically wrong. That would be question one. I'd be like, so where do you get that from? Is there a quote in the Bible, something that's made you feel this way? Yes, there is. Leviticus chapter, blah, blah, blah. It says a man shall not lay with another man. I'm like, oh, okay. What else does it say in that chapter? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. He'd be like, what do you mean? I'll be like, was there any other commandments or any other things there that you should be listening to too? And you, oh, yeah, interesting. I don't know. We'd look it up. And they'd be like, if your wife commits adultery, you should stone her to death. So I'm like, oh, uncle, why are you taking this, but not this other thing? Just curious. Like, why would you take this one and not the other? And he'd be, oh, well, you got into the bottom of the logic <laughs> and you've realized together that it's flawed. So if you keep asking questions, you keep drilling down five layers deep, and I swear you'll find the reason why yeah. and whether it's actually a good reason or not. That's brilliant. That uh, no, that no that's perfect. No. <laughs> I feel like that's not the me. best story yet for mums. <laughs> no, Harry, that's real though. As long as you, your uncle. No, I think that's brilliant, honestly, because, and it once again comes into what Brené Brown says all the time. Curious, curiosity is key to your feelings, to vulnerability, to... And a curiosity, honestly, would be almost a cure to the freaking world and yeah. peace because yeah, if we could right. all just be curious about those statements and be curious about the thing, beliefs that we've been told to believe that they're true or not true. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and which, and then, hmm. oh, sorry, you go. No, you go. Yeah. All I was going to say is it's almost like a childlike innocence or a childlike curiosity, isn't it? That we seem to lose at some point in our lives and you find the people who have the most light the most joy the most energy that like you were saying your friend who was asking yeah. you a lot of questions it just made you feel really good and you were like oh, they're interested in, in in this thing that i want to share with them that is a childlike 
curiosity. It's very much yeah. a willingness to play, a willingness to explore, a willingness yeah. to learn from somebody. And the Buddhists, I always refer to Buddhism when it comes to these things. I think they always talk about you're seeing the divine in every being that you meet. And if you go into each encounter with that divine energy, you're going to learn something. Every person has something to teach to you. Every being, an animal, your life force has something that they can teach you if you're open to learning. So I think it's really important to keep that child, a childish kind of curiosity. curiosity. Alive. Yeah, absolutely. And curious. Yeah. And in any aspect of your life, 100%. And I think that's where Brene always brings it back to the feelings. Be curious about your feelings, which then once again is one of the ways on how to be a better active listener is just to let your kids be curious about their feelings and validate their feelings. And we've yeah. spoken at it so many times, but times but give them the permission to feel what they're feeling and let them know that you're there to support them no matter what those feelings are totally, totally. yeah it's, it's um, okay to yeah. have feelings right and even as adults we're going to sometimes feel silly for having a certain emotional reaction to things but if you are given the space as a child to just feel those things and realize it's okay. There's nothing wrong with feeling upset right now or feeling tired or grumpy or whatever it is you're experiencing. It's just acknowledging that and moving forward. And I think that it's a great way to, to live your life. Even I'm sure Tess and I will have moments where we're going to have childish moments where we get emotional and we're like, why am I, why am I emotional about this? That's part of being human and our inner child needs All to be validated. Time. And this is it. Yeah. And it comes back to that inner child. I was just about to say that. Oh, nice. And we all have that inner child and that inner child needs to be attended or it needs to. Yeah. And that generally is what always pops up in mine. It, it's the, it's a feeling of not being heard and it's a feeling of yep. not feeling valued enough or just what for what I am, not for what I've done necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think it's so important to acknowledge that we're going to have different parts of ourselves. We have that, that, I don't know what you call it, like your higher self. And you also have the yeah. inner child. And then there's you, the observer behind all that. So you do have this trifecta of personalities, your higher self that kind of can be your teacher and guide, that inner voice that tells you which path to go on. And then you also have an inner child that is really going to be like your emotional base where you feel these things. And sometimes you want to have a tantrum. Sometimes you just want to break down and cry. And sometimes you're just going yeah. to react and you want to be able to, as the observer, validate that in yourself yeah. and give yourself that space and permission to feel those things. But take a breath, feel it in your belly, and then move exactly. forward. <laughs> think, yeah. yeah. I'm learning, I'm learning things from you, Tess. This is great. Yeah, no, no, I learn things from you every single day. But yeah, so I would put away distractions, practice empathy, ask open-ended questions, validate their feelings. And then one last thing, which is called paraphrasing. And it's basically a really good way of just checking in with your kids to really see if you've understood them correctly. So you could just right. take what they've said, repeat their words in your own words and check in and see, is this what you mean? And try and stick to like a very neutral. And I think this yeah. neutral language and just be very patient. And I think the number one thing here is like what I've said before, is don't be, don't add opinions and judgmental words in there. And I think this is probably the space to really try and practice. If I could give you one thing, everyone who's listening, is, this definitely takes a lot of practice, but 
Yeah, it's just literally about, once again, maybe refer back to their number three of open-ended questions, but is this the way, have I, and even said that, have I understood you correctly? Are you yes. feeling, are you feeling sad because she didn't invite you to her party? No, no, that wasn't the thing. It was because she yelled at me. Oh, so you're feeling sad because she yelled at you. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, that makes so much and, sense. And just, yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard. I've found it really hard to begin with to do that in a non-opinionated way. <laughs> like to kind of go, oh, I think that it's not really nice to yell at someone. Did she yell at you? Mm -hmm. And it's and then she might say, no, she didn't yell at me because she doesn't want to feel that. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. She doesn't yeah. want to tell on her friend or that she doesn't like, what are you going to do if she did something that I know you already don't like that she did? Yeah, gotcha. So basically you're yes, saying uh -huh. that rather than flavoring with your own opinions and judgments, the story they're telling, you're trying to rephrase it, paraphrase back what they've said so that you're acknowledging what they've said. You're giving them a, here's what I've heard that you said. Am I getting this right? Is that what happened? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And gotcha. it's, that is that 100%. Yeah. One of the things that takes a lot of practice, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably has look. their, yeah, but really has their, if, if this is what fosters the connection and this is what really stirs that bond between a mum and a child or a family yeah, or father or, or what it is. But I've got to say, even, yeah. Oh, sorry. I've got to say, no. even in my own life, I found that paraphrasing back to, clients for work when we're doing project management, paraphrasing back what they've said and summarizing it in a way where I'm like, here's what I've heard you say. Is this right? Is this what you're trying to explain? Is this what, is this what you've said? Just so that I understand it clearly. It's so helpful. It really does. Because like you said, they might correct you and be like, no, or they'll be like, yeah, bang on. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're very good at paraphrasing. If there was Thank one, you. You. like you are, it's, and I've said that many a time. So I'm like, how could you just take my three sentences that just to me sounded like absolute rubbish and you just go, <laughs> is, this, is this what you mean? I'm like, oh God, you hit the nail on the head. Yes, you know, to do that. I think like you said, th first of all, thank you for that. That was very good to say. And secondly, I think that it comes with a lot of practice. This is something that I do a lot of and it's because just like you said, I think this is the most important takeaway for active listening is repeating back what somebody has said in a way, putting it in your own words so that you're saying, here's what I've heard. Have I heard correctly? If you can do that, people, they're just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just, and then they, like some yeah, magic, and they get to know? defend themselves. Yeah, exactly. And then they get to defend their opinion or their feeling or, and they've just got to, yeah, because essentially you're creating a space or an open and safe conversation between whether it's our experience or their experience with someone else. It's totally. once again, creating that safe space for a non-judgmental way of talking about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they, Absolutely. yeah. yeah. And I think this is one of those skills that will actually help level up your communication with everyone in your life. If you anyone, apply this to your, yeah. yeah, if you apply this to your relationship, you'll have a better relationship. You'll communicate better. You will have less misunderstandings, less miscommunications, less assumptions of, I think she meant this. That's not a good way to communicate with anyone. <laughs> it could be with your boss, with your, with customers, with other parents, with your kids, with anyone. So I, I really do think this is like gold that you're gold. sharing. If that is the gold nugget, I've got to say, one, put away distraction. 
Two, practice empathy. Three, ask open-ended questions. Four, validate their feelings. And the gold nugget of all this paraphrasing. It's, yeah, it's powerful. Amazing. But I also have, I always like to do five. However, there's always one extra. There always seems to be like six. The extra little tip that I have just as a, as a, as a mum of two children. And it's very different if you have one. But if you have two and plus, it's creating one-on-one time and planned one-on-one time. So yeah. your child can feel that they are a priority and that they can feel that there is going to be on this date. What I do with my kids is the feeling. I was like, okay, so let's set a day and it's going to be generally speaking on a weekend because my husband is home then during the week, not so much. Right. Um, we're going to have two hours on this day and I always give them that. What do you want to do? And nice. during that time, and they're like, that's a really um, good, and whether that's yeah, crafting that. or go have a coffee, you know, they don't have a coffee, but cafe, <laughs> whatever it might be, but it's just spending that because I find myself probably natural, just naturally spending more time with my little one quality mm. time because it just falls that way. And then I feel a notice in my older one that she craves that no, you both just don't feel like you listen to me and I'm always the yeah. one who's in trouble and I'm always yeah. oh yes I haven't spent any quality time with you for that one on one time but this is great Tess I feel like I've learned a lot today and I hope that our listeners have enjoyed this too because there's some great tips in here I think that we could all take away to be not only just better parents but just better listeners in our lives yeah. I've really loved this so Thanks so much for sharing. And like you said, I think that's the best thing that it's not just for parenting, even with my parents. <laughs> it goes <laughs> all level stuff, like it really yeah. does. And then I just want to remind all the listeners of the importance of practicing kindness and being you kind of starts with them. Don't be too hard on yourself. Remember, everything is a learning process and just, yes, yeah, stay true to yourself and take a deep breath. We can manage that, I think. One thing I wanted to point out to our listeners is that the sharing kindness game is just about ready. It's taken a while with our manufacturers and going back and forth and getting the prototypes and things like that. But we're finally nearly there. And I was going to say just straight off the bat of this topic that this is a really great game for actively listening and connecting on a deeper level with your kids, with your partner, with your family, with grandparents, friends. It's a game that asks questions to get to know one another and really connect on, I'm going to say, more of an emotional level. We've designed this game with the help of psychologists and social workers, and we created way too many questions to fit in this box. But the whole point of the questions were to really try to ask important questions and help your kids open up about maybe struggles they're experiencing or share things that they're grateful for in their lives, share love and appreciation for other members of their family. And I, for one, am just super excited to have this out there. And I think it's gonna be a great product to families, parents especially, help help their kids open up and connect with one another. So I think it's gonna be a fantastic for the art of active listening. Absolutely. Yeah, you couldn't have summarized that any better. The sharing kindness game is pretty much a match made in heaven for active listening. 100%. Yeah. So it's a good training tool uh, and it's fun. I think that's yeah. the name. 
Yeah, 100%. And the, yeah, one of the best is, and it's fun and engaging and it's just a very natural way of forging those deeper kind of relationships in, but yet in a fun and an easy way to do it. Exactly. Great for road trips, great for camping trips mm. or school trips, great for really any time you're stuck indoors. So I think it's something that I'm really excited to start hearing what our listeners and our community think. It's kind of it's kind of a, a baby, you know, and you're kind of like, oh, everybody yes. gets to see our baby. All the things you've learned today. Oh, awesome. On know. that note, I just wanted to also say, just remember that one simple, tiny, random act of kindness can change someone's life. It doesn't matter how big or how small. Yeah, kindness it goes a very long way. Amazing. And before we wrap up, did you want to share an affirmation with our listeners that they can take away for the day? I do indeed. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can read that. Oh, there. yeah, perfect. I love talking about my feelings. They really do matter. Amazing. That is the perfect affirmation for this episode. Thanks, Tess. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned. And we'll be back soon. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Till the next episode. Take care. Bye.